Well, good morning. Welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Shannon. No, she's not. <laughs> no, she is not. <laughs> Jane. And I'm Shannon. Wouldn't that be weird if my name was Shannon? That would be very odd. Shannon and Shannon. Yes. That's, it doesn't sound as good as Jane and Shannon. Not really. It's more it doesn't poetic. Matter. Okay. Jane and Shannon. <laughs> Today we're going to talk oh, about... wait. I didn't give the title. And today, this morning, it's Who Are You Friends With? Okay, I was just about to say that, but here she threw that out there. Well, I usually say the title. And the concept is, are you friends with the world or are you friends with God? And friendship is one of those interesting things because it's a choice. You can be friends with someone as a choice. That doesn't mean you can't be acquaintances, but to be a Mm. friend is completely different. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as Jesus said, we're meant to live... In the, in world, the world, but, but not, not be of it. the world. Oh, so we can be acquaintances with the world because we have to. That's our context. Uh, that's where we live. That's who's around us. But we don't have to be of the world. And I will say, to explain, when you say you're not friends with the world, we're not talking about people. We're talking no. of the world system and the, the world The views. worldly mindsets, yep. yeah. Can I, yep. I, here's the, the main scripture that I think that really speaks to this. 1 John two fifteen through 17. <clears throat> Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. Those are fabulous verses. Yeah. I've got another one for you Ooh. from James 4.4. 4. Ooh, let's hear it. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Mm-hmm. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. That's really good. You can't dance on both sides. You can't sit on the fence. Yeah, and there's a pretty clear distinction, a pretty clear line drawn here. So, And you know, I, I was thinking, I think decades ago in our country... Somebody could quite comfortably look like they were friends with God, but go ahead and be friends with the world because everyone kind of lived, had the same kind of morals. You know, there was accepted things in society. The the norms in society were different. But now that things are getting so radically away from what God wants for us, we... it, It puts pressure on Christians to really live a Christian life or... To not, hot or cold. Right. And I think it's a great thing because being lukewarm, Jesus says he'll spit us out of his mouth if we're lukewarm. So we got to be hot or cold and we have to, we get to choose. Right. And this is a, this is an interesting concept. Of course, grace covers all. So there are times when, when we will lose sight sometimes of, of, yeah. of the goal and have to come back to it. Right, right, right. But, um, as we look at the world around us and we look at the things around us today, I don't know if there's ever been a, a, a more clear delineation. Maybe back Although, in the early church. when you go to, well, and we go into the Old Testament, we see a lot of places where um, the world was really going Noah. Oh, Noah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then you go to Lot. Lot. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of times in the Old Testament where the choices came um, with uh, 
the Hebrews when they went into the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. And they were not the meant to associate yep. with anyone else that was already there because they were all uh, of the world and they were lost. Oh, excuse me. Is so, a tissue? No, I'm good. I got some right there. I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and there so, were some specifics. Um, there were some specific times when uh, God mentioned someone being a friend. Oh, that's right. Give me one. Abraham was the first one. Yeah. Um, speaking of Abraham, you know, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, I have chosen you, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. Oh, where was that? Isaiah 41. That's really good. Um, Abraham was considered a friend of God, and he was the beginning of uh, the Hebrew race. As yeah. The Israelites as they went, and that was. Didn't he call Moses his friend too? He um, spoke to him like a friend. I think yeah, that's what and it I've says. got that one too. Oh. That's in Exodus thirty-three. Uh-huh. And I, I love this one because I hadn't thought about this before. It said the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the mm, tent. He just stayed there. I like that. Because you like Joshua. I love Joshua. So that I like that concept of the fact that, well, we know that the Bible talks about Moses having to wear a veil. All shiny. Because yeah. it, was, it was too much for people to deal with. But he constantly was in, in uh, communion, face-to-face discussions with God, where God was talking to him. Mm. I said he would speak speak to him face to face. I've got a verse. But I also like the oh. fact that Joshua was there while yeah. he was speaking to him face to face, and then he would stay. Yeah. And uh, Moses left. And yeah. I that was kind of interesting. Uh, Hebrews ten thirty five. It's talking about. Uh, it's well. I'll go back to nineteen of Hebrews ten. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. So they're talking about being holding fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. That's verse 23. And then 35 says, and this is all in Hebrews 10. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. If we keep going, it says, for you have need of endurance. So when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised for yet in a very little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith in the preserving of the soul. So if you want to please God, you're going to stick with him. If you don't, he's not happy with you. Oh, and I don't want God not to be happy with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little scary. I was going to share something else. Oh, John 15. Okay. For Jesus calls us friends. Yep. And we want to be Jesus' friends. Actually, this Wednesday in Jesus' time, that's what I'm going to talk to the girls about. John 15. Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain in whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you that you love one another. So that was verses uh, 14 through 17 of John 15. And you know what I think might be helpful? Why don't you give an example of world thought that Christians should not embrace? Okay. um, Looking at, and unfortunately I see it within the, 
church. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, not, not, I'm not talking about my, our personal church, but I'm talking about the church as a whole. Um, right now, there is an acceptance of all sorts of behavior within the church. Anything goes. People, mm-hmm. people don't care. Anything goes. And whether that is um, uh, lifestyles, whether that is the seeking of wealth over, oh, over yeah. the seeking of God... Uh, there are so many things that are, it's so easy to be led astray by, by worldly views. Yeah. And I, I'm, or the concept of condemnation at the same time. Mm. The condemnation of, of individuals because of those things. Now, that's the line that has to be walked uh, for a Christian is you have to, you know, as G, you know that concept of, uh, loving the sinner and hating the sin mm-hmm. has kind of faded from our society. Well, and also because though, people are accepting the sin instead of instead of condemning on the sin. On one side, but on the same time, there are other people that are hating the sinner, and, and so that is contrary to Jesus. But then there's a real far crazy sect of Christianity that basically condemns people mm-hmm. and and says they're going to hell and and. And they might be saying they're hating the sin and loving the sinner, but their rhetoric sure sounds doesn't, like they hate everybody. Doesn't come around like that. I want to. I want to share. And the concept that some people are going to hell is true. That is true. But that is true. But you know that's not how Jesus approached people. No. That's, and, and I think we are meant to follow in His footsteps. And judgment is is God's, not ours. Right. And here's two. Ver- I want to share two verses. Okay. So you brought up the money thing and I think that's a big huge problem in everywhere and mm-hmm. a lot of people have fallen because of money and he said to them beware oh he is Jesus and Jesus said to them "Be." this is Luke I'm sorry Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus said to them beware and be on your guard against every form of greed for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions and then I wanted to bring a couple verse, a few verses up you brought up in your sermon Second mm-hmm. Timothy three, mm. one through five. Beware. Yeah, but realize this: that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, and avoid such people as these. And I think that kind of thing, it's rampant in the church at large, too, because people everywhere are promoting themselves, because they Mm -hmm. think, well, that's the way you got to do it to get your message across, but that's not what God Uh, says. That's the world thing. In Romans... Uh, Romans 12, Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I like that that passage simply because it, it you know we, we know that through acceptance in Christ we are a new creation, we're a new creature. And, I, and what yeah. is dangerous for us then is our mind. Mm, the yeah. mind wanders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we are transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yeah. At that point in time, we have to focus our lives on what is God's will. Mm-hmm. 
not on what is our will. And I think that's the difference between the world, love of the world and love of God, is the world wants you to focus on what is your will. What mm, do you want? That's right. What do you think? And it is quick to condemn anyone who says, yeah, but that's not what God wants. Mm-hmm. It's quick to condemn those who say, you know, God is contra- God's word is contrary to that behavior, to that mindset, or to that outlook. And the world doesn't want to hear that what you think is not right. None of us, none of us like to be told we're wrong. Yeah. But. But the funny thing is, the world will accept any view, but Jesus's view. Really. Really, and that's that's simply because you know even Jesus said this world is not our home. Yeah. This yeah. is not where we are from, so we should not be surprised if we are held in in contempt by the world who is so contrary to God's word. Here's a verse I read this morning. John, and there's a reason I bring this up. John 12, 36. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, While you have the light, believe in the light in order that you may become sons of light. So I thought, you know, whatever you believe in, you're going to become like that. So that's good or bad. If you believe in something of the world, you're going to start resembling that what you believe in. And also you brought up the mind. You have to be, we, not just you listening, but all of us, have to be careful what we feed our minds. Right. You know, I, I mean, most every night we just, after everything is done, we sit and watch some TV show, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to be careful what you watch on TV. Right. You have to be careful what you look on at the computer because the world is everywhere. And that's one thing. I am so thankful we don't have, um, I guess you'd say regular TV, satellite dish or cable or anything yeah we live far enough out that we don't i mean we could get it but the we reason could get a satellite i guess but i i don't miss it because i remember when we had it and the last time we had it was when we lived in blunt which was in early of 2015 the commercials have gotten so disgusting i remember that and and now some of this streaming stuff they do have commercials but they're all okay commercials. yeah I, it, 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Mm. The time will come on when Jesus returns, and the world will will be reverted back to what God intended it to be. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, we are in, we are in a... We live in a world that is contrary to God. And I think it's... And that's just its nature. Yeah, and... Because it, Satan is in charge because of the sin that we brought into the world. And as technology has sped up everything, all the sin is going to get worse and worse and worse. And also God's grace is going to get more and more uh, there because where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So, of course, we're not going to hear about any of that like in media. But we will know God is working. But I, I just think it's so vital for every believer right now to say, yes, I'm on God's side and ask God to take all the world out of us. You know, because we all have to, I think kind of, when we come to Christ, I think we have to unlearn things is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. We have to unlearn how to, because we grow up, in this society, and you, whether you want to or not, you take on accepted beliefs, you take on accepted whatever. And so God often, we have to unlearn things, how we approached it from a worldview. And, um, yeah, 
Um, James 4. I'm going to mm, read a little yeah. piece of it. I read a little bit. I read uh, uh, James 4, 4. Okay. But starting in 1. Mm-hmm. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Mm. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity mm. with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously, jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Mm. But he gives us more grace. That's why Scripture said, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Oh, I want to Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God. He will come near to you. I wanted to say, when you read that, that's so good. And actually, by the way, I decided this morning... Uh, we're going to study James in Sunday school. Okay. Anyway, so well, if James you go to our church, yeah, book. it's a powerful book. But I, um, I want to explain that word humble because sometimes people hear the word humble and they think it's some doormat kind of person that's like, oh, uh, no. apologizing for their existence. It's more like you, you're completely outside yourself and just living for Jesus. You're you're focused on Jesus and you're not even. You're not even bothered about yourself. You just do what he wants. I think, I think humility like that, that kind of humility, is just simply recognizing who you are and who God is. Yeah, oh, that's better. That's once you, once yeah. you recognize who you are mm-hmm. and your place in this, in this world and your place in the, in the scheme of things and your place in the hierarchy of who's got the power and, and who is the creator and who is the created, once we recognize that, then we're going to be looking to please the Creator and not please yeah. ourselves because He's He's more important than we are. Yeah, it's just and the way also, it is. And and the world will not tell you that. The world will tell you you are the most important. Yeah, or they'll tell you you're lousy and a loser. I mean, one right. or the other. But um, I, the reason why I said it the way I did is like so many times. I guess until I got medication, it, it felt like I was like trapped inside myself and I couldn't get past all my. Ridiculous mindset and stuff. And so when I can get outside myself and I don't think about dwelling on myself, I just do, I just live. That That's how I feel, that humility is like that too. You're not obsessed with yourself. You're not trying to get things. You're just living and loving. And you're, you, you don't bother about the stuff you want. I mean, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I mean... We can't figure life out without Jesus. I mean, I think sometimes we try to fix our own problems. And there's, I mean, I'm not saying not do anything. If there's something you can do, do it. But if we dwell on, if we're having a hard time in life, and we're all focused like, okay, I can do this and this, and and you keep trying to fix and fix and fix, it might just get worse. I mean, you just have to focus on God and do what he wants you to do. And nothing's too hard for him to figure out. No, and surrendering to the will of God is a hard thing for, for us to do as humans. Yeah. Right? That's really what that comes down to. That's part of that humility is just surrendering to well, God. True. It's either self or Jesus. Which mm-hmm. one are you going to choose? You can't do both. I mean, No, and when it comes to, to the world, God sees it in such black and white terms that we 
we have to renew our minds into seeing what God sees, to look through the eyes of Jesus, to look through the eyes of God. And looking through the eyes of Jesus, um, Ephesians 6.12 comes to mind. That's that's, uh, Paul. And he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Yeah, we have to remember we don't fight against people. No. Don't That's, see others as the enemy. That's a problem with the politics. They see people as the enemy. Right. And it's not, we are not the enemy. No. The and, enemy's the enemy. And there are people that are lost. There are people that are fallen. There are people that are, are contrary to God. And what we need to see them as is people, is just like Jesus. Jesus went and and had dinner, dinner with the sinners. I mean, yeah. Jesus sought out the lost. He yeah, said, I didn't, come, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. He sought out the lost, but he kept, in seeking the lost, he kept true to who he was and who the Father was. Right. And that's where um, the world can sneak in, yeah. even on Christians, Yeah. because we lose, we lose track of where we're supposed to be in our attempt to... To win somebody. To win someone. And it, you know what? If you do get a little off track, well, just start over. God's well, not... Well, God provides us the grace to come back. Yeah. And, you know, that brought up the interesting part. You know that one story when the it was a oh, Saturday, Sabbath or whatever? Hmm. Or no? Yeah, it had to be a Sabbath. It was a and Saturday, the, yeah. And uh, the disciples were eating the grain. Right. Jesus was not. So he... Uh, Jesus didn't... He didn't think it was a bad thing but jesus kept to all their silly rules right you know because, so there was no fault with because jesus. he did not want he did not want someone to stumble over his behavior right right but i wanted to share this is a i got this book this i don't know if you've ever heard of her honey her name is katherine coleman and actually Hawkins is enjoying it and um this is one of the cheap books of uh, uh-huh. she, she had a big huge healing ministry okay so but she made a lot of mistakes but she did have a lot of healing ministry but i wanted to share one quote i circled it here it is this is what she said and i guess she said this all the time and i and you will agree with this Catherine coleman said love is something you do hmm. love is something you do it's not a because she she had her faults but she really reached out to the poor she Everyone right. said she was so compassionate and loving, but love is something you do. And that, and how does that relate to being friends with God and not with the world? Well, I think it does because God has told us to love him and love people and love is something we do. It's, it, it is sometimes a feeling when we're talking about it, but really God is love is an action. Hmm. And when God loves, he, it's an act. And I don't know if God has the wishy-washy feelings, the feelings that we think is love, but... Um, no, God's love is perfect. Yeah, it, well, that's true. First um, John 4, 4. Yeah. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Again, that's going back to this mm. battle with... We're battling against Satan. We're not battling against people. Yeah. And God has overcome the world, and Jesus overcame death, and the concept is that we are to follow in his footsteps, knowing that to become overcomers, the way he, he was an overcomer, we have to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, we've got to be like him. Consider right. Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 says that. Consider Jesus. And it, it's, it means just look to Jesus. And I think really every believer, 
And if you're not a believer yet, just become one. Just right now, just say, Jesus, I believe in you. Okay, be a believer. But I think we all have to make that decision every day. But right now, are you going to live God's way or are you going to live the world's way? You can't do both. You can't kind of fudge like... Okay, I do love Jesus, but you know, i got to really work hard and make all this money so I can get this and this and this. And I am going to give it to God. That's not the way it goes. God doesn't, God does tell us to give, and we are supposed to give generously. But don't, we shouldn't fool ourselves thinking, I'm going to make tons of money and give some to God. That's not how God works. That's not how we're supposed to work. We're not supposed to kind of legitimize what we do for the world by saying, yeah, but I'm going to give this to God. That's wrong. I mean, that's completely, we might fool ourselves thinking we're doing it right, but we're not. Jesus has to be it. And if he leads you to, if he leads you into a job where you make tons of money, well, praise the Lord. Just honor him with that money. Or if he doesn't, if he puts you somewhere that you are just eking out a living and have to believe him for every every little cent, which we all do really, but and that's great too. But you, you got to live for Jesus or the world. There's no other choice. And and we believers, we have to, it's getting worse and worse. I think in five years, if we're all here still, we will be shocked by how far the world has fallen. Because it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And we, we just got to get more compassionate and loving because the worse it falls, the more people they take with them. And some of the biggest sinners that look like on the outside, I mean are probably the most lost people. Mm. And and there's lost people in our churches who think they're right. coming to church and 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 we can't it's it's really not to us. We don't have the capability to know how lost a person is. I guess you're either lost or you're found. Right. And don't look at someone's outward behavior. God will mm. I, I kind of feel I know there's a lot of accepted behaviors now, even in the church and out the church, that are not according to God's way. Hmm. But I don't think necessarily we need to get caught up in behaviors. We need to let God sort that out. I mean, right. yes, like especially from the pulpit. I mean, we don't... If God tells us to speak out against a certain subject, then we speak out. Hmm. But we don't have to have our entire life telling people they're wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, if we do that, they're not going to listen. God will sort it out. Like you said, he's going to judge us. You know? So, Jesus gave us a very simple application for this. And this is an application you can use in your own life. This is the application we need to be living. And this is from uh, Luke 9, starting in verse 23. Okay. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Oh, yeah. And take up their cross daily and follow me. This is why in in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread. Mm. We need to take up our cross daily. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and, and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father. Oh, that's really good. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So basically what he's saying is on a daily basis, daily basis, we need to reach out and restart. Every day, every day we take up our cross and deny Mm. ourselves. Every day. Because if we're not intentionally doing that, the world will pull you back. 
Every day you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and start again. And every every day is is a blessing from God. Every mm-hmm. every breath we take is a blessing from God. Can I but read that some concept of, yeah. of daily starting it again, daily starting it again, that is, you know, we are in a battle, we're in a fight, and daily you have to take that deep breath and dive into that fight. Mm. If not, the world will take you. Yeah. If you're not, right. and Jesus said that one. If you're if you're not for me, you're against me. Right. So that's that lukewarm stuff. I want to read. I want to read what you read, but in the message. Mm-hmm. But then um, Eugene Peterson has a little essay here. I just want to read just a little bit of it. Self-sacrificing as a way of Christ. The taking up of a cross ordinarily would have been a once in a lifetime task and most terrifying. Here it becomes a daily possibility and most joyous. Every day, crisis or no crisis, ordinary days and extraordinary days, in exciting times and rather dull times, I represent in my life this juxtaposition of the divine and the human. And here are the verses that you read, and I like how he says it. Then Jesus told them what they could expect for themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? If any of you is embarrassed with me and the way I'm leading you, know that the Son of Man will be far more embarrassed with you when he arrives in all his splendor in company with the Father and the holy angels. This isn't, you realize, pie in the sky by and by. Some who have taken their stand right here are going to see it happen, see with their own eyes the kingdom of God. Hmm. It's like you said, it's a daily thing because we could be doing really, really good. I could be living an incredible Christian life and then tomorrow I fall. Right. You know, and, and that did remind me that those verses, I don't, maybe you could look it up. The verses Paul says, I don't look behind me, but I press on to the upward call of Jesus Christ. So whether you did good or bad yesterday, that doesn't matter. You just keep going. Just like you said, it's a daily, you got to choose every day. So if you did really poorly yesterday, so what? Just step up again and start over. Jesus doesn't have this, what do you know, what do they call it? A little tab sheet full of, okay, Jane did this on June 10th, 1999. That was really bad. You know, what do we call that? A tally sheet. Jesus doesn't do that. No. Did you find that verse? Um, I don't know where it's... It I is uh, Philippians 3.13 oh, through 14. Would you read it? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. That reminds me of the... Um, you know, it's it's we get really pathetic if, like, let's say we had a big win 25 years ago. And we keep talking about that big win. Or if someone becomes a Christian, and they've been a Christian, it was like 30 years ago, but all they talk about is, I remember when I got saved. I mean, that's not sad, but if that's the only story you have, Mm. or if, you know, you have a big football star back in his high school years, and now he's 52, and he still is talking about how he took his team to state champs, it gets a little sad. Well, and the concept there again is the daily concept. Yeah, every day should be should be a victory. Mm-hmm. And every day, 
is worth itself. Oh, that's really good. Every day is enough in and of itself. We we need to be working daily for God and daily to, to seek Jesus. Mm. And in doing so, um, we're fulfilling that picking up the cross daily. I guess that's when we're ending. Yeah. I love it when you, I go on and on and on, and then Shane will go, so, how to bring this to the close? <laughs> We kind of got to get rain there. me in. We kind of got to get there because otherwise it's easy for us to just keep going and going and going and going. And and that's just because of the love of God. We love God so much and we, we want so much to be serving him. And it's also because I go on tangents and you have to. This is true. You, you have, just have to bring me back. You have a tendency he's, to be rabbit hunting. Here he's got here. these virtual reins like on a horse that he pulls and brings me back to center. No, That's gen- how we live. I try and gently nudge. I don't try and pull. Okay, you don't hard. pull. He's, I just gently nudge. He just kind of, you know. But it's one of those things that... Um, <laughs> oh! The most important thing today. It's our son Hawkins' birthday. Yes. He's 22 today. Hawk is 22 today, and Woo-woo! he has been a miracle in our lives from the day he was born. I thought about this today. He is the youngest DNA makeup that we will ever have on this earth. And now he's 22. He's our youngest biological child. Um, And it's one of those things that Hawk has been a miracle in all of his limitations. He has always been a blessing. Yeah. And And if any of our other kids... We were told several times that he would never, ever live this long. Mm. So every every, uh, birthday is another milestone of, of joy for us. Can I tell a secret? I know my other kids will never listen to this. If you do, then you can say, Hawken is my favorite, and you guys are my favorites, too. You're all my favorites, and but you for, all are blessings, too. For 22 years, Janus <laughs> had the opportunity just to have a child that sits with her and listens to her and is completely dependent upon her care, which, yeah, he, which at times can be a challenge, but is also a true blessing, so... Yeah, and my other kids would say, well, we Mom, blessed. he can't walk away from you. So he has no use. He's no excuse. Or yeah. He has no ability. So, okay, that was a real tangent. That was a very big tangent. but Live for Jesus. We love God. And Not we, for the world. We love God and we love Hawking and we consider Hawking to be a blessing from God. So Okay. Thanks All for right. listening. God bless and, and pick up your cross daily. Yeah. And seek God. And don't get five splinters at a time. Amen. <laughs> Bye.